Welcome to another episode of the Miles Offside Podcast, where we talk a little bit of Star Wars and a whole lot of Star Wars. My name is Anakin Skywalker, also known as Darth Vader, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts Jar Jar Binks and super producer Salacious B. Crumb. Hang on a minute. Um, sorry, I think I'm in the wrong place. I thought, isn't this meant to be the Christian Pulisic podcast? No, no, no. No, no, no. This is a Star Wars podcast. Um, that's weird. That's weird, because like, we, we talk about football. Why are we talking about football and uh, Christian Pulisic? Uh, I believe you mean to be asking about Ray, maybe Skywalker? Four days to go. Four days at the time of recording. To what? Until the rise of Skywalker, <laughs> rising, as our friend Tom would say, like the proverbial salmon. Oh, I ge- genuinely didn't know that that was coming out in four days. Did you, like, actually, though? No, genuinely didn't know, yeah. Wow. I am taking a very, very short break right now from all the Star Wars mania to record with you gentlemen. As soon as we're done, I'm getting back to our big movie rewatch. We're rewatching the show Rebels. We're in the middle of Mandalorian, and we're playing the Star Wars video game. So it's just all Star Wars all the time, and I'm eager to get back to it. Oh, sorry to hold you up. Why, is there something besides Star Wars going on right now? Peterborough beat Bolton 1-0. I mean, that's news. Peterborough beat who? Bolton? Bolton. Well, that's that's not like an achievement, is it? That's like uh, it'll do. Taking candy from a baby springs to mind. Minus ten points at the start of the season. Oh yeah, I forgot they were shit now. Yeah. Have they got players still? Are they still playing the under fifteens? Think we're playing the tea lady in goal. <laughs> still smashed her one one nil. Was Sir Alex in the crowd to uh, to watch? <laughs> not that I know of. No, didn't see him. Sorry to disappoint. I'm, I, I know it's disappointing to you that Alex Ferguson isn't constantly in Peterborough, but I think he's got more important things to do. <laughs> um, how's everything going for you guys? This is our last podcast before Christmas, so I'm assuming all the big Christmas preparations are underway, the gifts are wrapped and etc. Totally, totally, yeah. I've I've bought anything. I mean, when are you planning to do Christmas shopping? You're a busy man, I know. When When is this going to fit into your schedule? We are currently recording at about 17 minutes to 9 on Sunday the 14th. Um, So when we finish, (laughs) I'll probably probably have a little look on Amazon, do my next day. My family Christmas, as obviously I am required to work on Christmas Day, as is my life. Um, My family Christmas is on the 22nd, so next Sunday. So seven days to go. Seven days. Love it. I get Christmas before you guys. This is sort of like when the Marvel movies get released over here sooner. Is that, Oscar, you're going to be jealous because I get to hit Christmas before you. Yeah, and our good friend Dave gets to hit Star Wars like 36 hours before me because of fucking Australia. Not only time zones, but also gets it a day earlier than everyone else. So I'm just like fully signing off the internet after like Tuesday. There's just got to be some positives like when there's all the spiders in it. Give them something. True. <laughs> yeah. Everything is literally trying to kill them at all times. Have either of you ever had the misfortune of going shopping on Christmas Eve? I know, Chuck, you're pushing it to like last minute, but have, has that ever happened to either of you? No, I could not deal with that shit. I can't deal with people. That's the end of that sentence. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> like full stop. <laughs> my, uh, my idiot brother loves to leave things to the very last minute. That's just his way. And one year, um, he now his wife but at the time still fiance had forgotten to get her a gift slash just procrastinated getting her a gift so literally on the way to their house on christmas eve we stopped at the mall and it was just the worst i think all the workers had just given up at every store so it was just like piles of clothes 
thrown about, <laughs> everyone trying to check the tags for sales and stuff. It was genuinely like one of the worst afternoons. And uh, how did how did she enjoy her pencil sharpener? Yeah. <laughs> I think he ended up just getting her like really expensive jewelry because he was like, Oh, Fuck God, this. it worked the other way, did it? Oh, yeah, God. yeah, yeah. He was like, I'm not fucking dealing with this. I'm just going to spend a lot of money. Spend your way out of that horrible situation. Exactly. Spending your way out of a horrible situation, the Chelsea FC 2020 story. Yeah, yeah, to dangerously bring it back to uh, football. Yeah, to change the intro, we are a football podcast and we talk a little bit of football, a whole lot of nothing. Um, As you've seen, you've already gotten plenty of the nonsense slash nothing. But uh, let's get to the actual stuff, as we usually do, by going into our first segment, which we like to call Rapid, Rapid, Rapid Fire News. Our top story, bringing you all the important ones, starting off with Zlatan Ibrahimovic's statue. Vandals have tried to saw through the feet of a slat- statue of Zlatan Ibrahimovic and placed a rope around its neck. Police have, this is per the BBC, police have put up a fence around the statue outside Malmo Stadium in Sweden. In case it fall downs, it is the latest of act of vandalism directed at the statue since it was announced that Zlatan had invested in a rival club last month. The former Malmo, Ajax, Juventus, Inter, Barcelona, AC Milan, PSG, <laughs> Manchester United, and LA Galaxy player is looking for his next club having left the Galaxy at the end of the MLS season. On November 27, it was announced that he had bought 25% of shares in Hammerby, who finished third in this year's Swedish Championship and are notably a rival to Malmo. And on that same day, the 3.5-meter-high statue, commissioned by the Swedish FA and unveiled on October 9th, was sprayed with paint, set on fire, and a toilet seat was put over its arm. Zlatan's house was also vandalized. Yep. Oh, yeah. The reason I'm reading a lot of the story because there's awesome little nuggets like that. Um, Zlatan's house was also vandalized on that day with the word Judas painted on his front door. And this latest incident with people trying to hack off the feet occurred in the early hours of Thursday morning. I think I know what happens here. And then Bart Simpson has a crisis of confidence and brings them back. <laughs> is, that, is that what happens on this one i think that's that's what is there i mean you know you read that illustrious list of clubs and you think oh how is that guy not loyal <laughs> how how dare you question his loyalty at all it is weird like well he got awarded the shares apparently and it's potentially oh, really? it's it's well it's rumored because uh it's the guys who own la galaxy i think own a massive stake in hammerby and right. so it's believed that because Latan wasn't actually getting paid that much, like for Latan at Galaxy, that these shares were part of the payoff when he left. So it might not even be his fault. Supposedly, no. But it is still like club legend, statue unveiled. What's that? Rival team. Yeah. Bang a toilet seat on it. <laughs> bang a, bang a toilet, toilet seat. seat in it. Yeah. Yeah, the toilet seat's my favorite part for sure. Much more so than like. The sawing off of feet, which like, how long are they standing there trying to cut through a statue? What kind of saw are they using? I'm very curious. Is that some, in Sweden, is that some sort of public form of punishment that like, you know, how some places it's like you get branded uh, like on the forehead or whatever, or like you get your left hand cut off. In Sweden, you have to walk around with a toilet seat on your arm. <laughs> right, you were in the toilet seat. I was like, I genuinely thought I was going to have to say, no, I don't think they chop off your feet in Sweden. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought he was going towards too. No, no, yeah. no, no, it wasn't going that way. The toilet yeah. seat. Okay, good. Uh, gentlemen, the manager merry-go-round continues mere hours, less than three hours specifically, after he guided them into the Champions League knockout stages, Napoli have sacked manager Carlo Ancelotti. He uh he got done dirty by Chelsea too when we fired him. It was like in the hallway 
five minutes after the last match of the season and no one told him. They had told him like a week before that he was going to come back. Oh, it was like a cold open. Yeah. <laughs> oh, bad. So tough times for Carlo. Potentially even tougher times because he's getting linked with the Arsenal job. Yeah. I'd rather be unemployed, to be honest. He's not had the, he's not had the best time. I mean, Napoli, even though they qualified, I, don't, I think they're sitting in eighth at the minute in Serie A. But they just lost to Palmer. Um, and there has been like some stuff behind the scenes. Like I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but in Italy, quite a common thing at the training ground is you have like rooms, almost like bunks and stuff. And the owners of the club, like if things aren't going right, will force the team. Like you won't be allowed to leave the training ground. So like no wives, no girlfriends. Like you're just there and you stay there until all of the situation is just sorted out. Um, I can't remember the Italian name for it, but apparently this happened and uh, recently with Napoli and Ancelotti kind of went with it, but all the players kind of rebelled a bit. So it's a lot of kind of rifts were forming. Well, into a uh, difficult situation like that, who better to bring in than our next story? Napoli have announced that Gennaro Gattuso will be the Italian club's Mm. new head coach following the dismissal of Ancelotti on Tuesday. Gattuso, 41, previously managed AC Milan, but left the Serie A club at the end of last season. My favorite Gattuso story, this is no longer from the BBC, this is now me talking, is that he stabbed a player with a fork because he was frustrated by the player's lack of motivation. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, I mean, that would motivate you, wouldn't it? You'd probably get motivated if, if you know you're going to get stabbed by a fork. I do worry that he'll take the expression light a fire under their ass a little too literally. Yeah. Ancelotti to Gattuso seems like... Two wildly different ends of the character spectrum there. Yeah, it does seem pretty massive. And as we all know, Gattuso is... Sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. (laughs) (laughs) Which is my favourite quote from a a very broken... uh, When he was managing in Greece with just a translator sitting next to him. (laughs) Fantastic. Um... So, yeah, so it's an interesting one that it is definitely uh, quite a stark change when Ancelotti is like the calmest man yeah. um, and quite level-headed. But to just to go back a bit, like, no way should he go to Arsenal. Like, that's horrendous. That's a sideways move. You're going from eighth to ninth. Uh, sideways is generous at this point with the way Arsenal yeah. have looked. Yeah, I know, but poor Adam. It's getting to the point where I should have made the preseason bet with Adam that you made. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I actually haven't checked 538. I'm very curious to see what the uh, relegation versus top four odds are. I'll check, check in on that live and I'm in real time I'm pretty sure later. we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, but let's move on. Uh, speaking of managers, gentlemen, the big decision is in and you are getting five more years of the big man in charge. That's oh, right. I'm talking gosh. about Jurgen Klopp signs a new Liverpool deal to see him in charge until 2024. Klopp, who joined the Reds in October 2015, has signed a new six-year contract and now had signed a new six-year contract in 2016, and that has now been extended further. He won the Champions League last year, and he's looking likely at this point to finish with their first top-flight title in 30 years. I mean, it's the right time to sign that contract while your stock is incredibly high. While 17 games into the season, you sit 20 points ahead of fourth. He's smashed that contract negotiation, hasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. And there is uh, conspiracy theories again ab- abound because uh, on the same day, Stephen Gerrard signed a five-year extension with Rangers. And so it's 
you know, flights of fancy that apparently it's that Jurgen Klopp in five years will step aside and Stevie G will come back. No one's thinking that far ahead. Well, you know. It's chess, isn't it? Put those things out there in the world. Yeah. Gerard, who also signed a five-year extension at Celtic. Rangers, even. Glasgow. Rangers. <laughs> One of the two. Mm, probably won't like it if you get them mixed up. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like Sheffield and Sheffield. Mm, it's a bit worse than that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's bring it home with rapid fire. We're actually under 20 minutes this time, so this is relatively quick. <laughs> On to our last story. Per the BBC, as usual, UEFA and Home Nation FAs to push for changes to offside calls next season, citing VAR as the source of the issue. The use of video-assisted referees for marginal offside calls, aka armpit offside as I like to call them, could be amended next season if a joint bid by UEFA and the Home Nations Football Association succeeds. Gentlemen, will we lament the loss of armpit offsides how do they how did they not even understand that it is not the video assistant referee's fault that these offsides are being given it is literally the laws of the game yeah. stop blaming a camera although there is a genuine argument to be made about like the limits of technology and the margin of error right and i think that's kind of where the source of this is is that like yes offsides are a very specific rule but like there's no way to actually know the state of the rule. It's like um, Schrodinger's cat, right? Like he's both offside and not offside at the same time. And you can't know until you observe it, but you can't observe it because of the limits of the camera. No. <laughs> no. The way you started with a sort of philosophical thing and then just ended with VAR, but you can't yeah. tell because of the camera. <laughs> yeah, because camera. How does it work in other countries? Because other countries have had it for a while now. Do they like stringently look at every offside for armpit hairs. Why is it taking the Premier League doing this and then apparently sort of fucking it up for UEFA mm. or whatever to sort of... How does it work? I don't know. I don't watch enough continental football. But is it to um, do with the... Because everyone always says that the Premier League is fast and one of the fastest leagues. And is it that the case? Just know. the style of play lends itself? Genuinely don't have a clue. Someone, yeah. one of you nerds out there, get in touch with us on Twitter and and tell us like if, if there is any sort of correlation between those things. Well, I don't know. I don't get to watch nearly as much as I used to because the TV rights have changed over here. But I know uh, the Bundesliga, I'm pretty sure, was one of the earlier adapters of VAR. I could Google that, but I don't feel like it. Um, and they are definitely a faster league than the Premier League. So if yeah. it's an issue here, it would be an issue there. But I think the first part of my sentence is particularly poignant also, which is that the Premier League is um, one of the two most watched. I don't know if it's in first or second place with La Liga. But around the world, everyone has eyes on the Premier League. And mm. everyone has eyes on Barca and Real Madrid, right? So if, you know, there's weird offside calls going wrong or being implemented poorly in, let's say, Australia, um, which it might be given Dave's reaction to finding out that Barr was coming to the Premier League, <laughs> then no one will really notice. But when it happens in the Premier League, it's such a high-profile game or, you know, league that it would bring more of attention, and especially with money. Like, the Premier League is by far the richest league in the world. I think it's something like 14 of the 25 richest clubs in the world are from England. Well, last last year, all 20 of the Premier League teams were in the top 30 richest clubs. Yeah, and I think that they were like 30 to 25 was the last six. 
something like that. But yeah, it's insane. It's insane. So of course, all the money's here, all the eyes are here. So when something goes wrong, mm. that's potentially huge revenue losses. I don't know yeah. that people would necessarily stop watching because of art, but they need to protect the product. If you think of it as a product, which is incredibly like American of me to say, but fair enough, it, that's what you it know, is. They but have to protect their investment, and there's so much money. I mean, you look at the TV rights. How much money do these organizations put uh, into getting the Premier League TV rights? Twenty-five pounds. <laughs> it's absurd. It's really absurd. So that makes sense to me. It makes sense, and we'll see what what kind of comes back from them lobbying that, and uh, whether they do change the laws to adapt what the VAR would look at or yeah. they changed the the officiating on the offside law which isn't what the rule was brought in for in the first no, place. No, not at all. But I do think that like if they said for example there's a margin of error of a foot right so like you draw 12 inches plus or minus that's like your gray area bar and you say well if it's within that we don't know. And a foot is probably too much maybe make it like 3 inches or something. I don't know the exact amount but build a margin of error and then if it's within that VAR just what, doesn't even get to say anything. Linesman's call sort of thing. Right, exactly. Go with whatever the linesman called. Okay. Because um, you look at like the Mane goal, and this is a good place to transition to the Liverpool match. The Mane goal this week that was disallowed, like it didn't end up mattering because Liverpool won anyway, but he was an armpit hair offside again. And, I, and at the time I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I literally don't know. And I don't think that the camera knows either. Um, but to properly introduce that match... Uh, Liverpool 1.6 scoring 2 to Watford 0.9 scoring 0. So a relatively close match um, as the XG line would indicate, but Liverpool with another comfortable 2-0 win. A bit of luck on their side. Anything particular to comment there, gentlemen? Um, No, Liverpool kind of carry on being their Liverpooly Liverpool. Um, They are now off to Qatar for the Club World Cup, naturally. Uh, it's not about money, guys. Um, so I thought they would have protected a few more players and maybe gone for it a bit harder earlier on to rest, but they don't really seem to be doing that, which is which is making me think that Klopp's not going to really be bothered whatsoever um, about the Qatar kind of games. Yeah, there wasn't that much rotation. I know um, one of the defenders was out, right? People were mad about that. Robertson was benched, yeah. Um, which happened last week also, so he's been kind of rotating the fullbacks. That might not even necessarily have to do with the Club World Cup. It's just as much as like they've just had so many minutes and they run up and down, up and down. So they're getting a lot more miles than other people. Um, but that result puts them at 83% for the league title uh, going into Christmas. So that's pretty fucking, you know, done and dusted, I think, at this point. Done so. Um, but yeah, another case of like... They marginally overperform. Every tiny little bit of luck that can go in their direction goes in their direction. And, you know, uh, what's that expression? Mum's your uncle? No. <laughs> what's the expression I'm thinking of? <laughs> no idea. Mum's mom's the word or Bob's, Bob's, your, Bob's uncle. your uncle? Or, Bob's yeah, your Bob. uncle. Bob's your uncle. Yeah, there it is. Fanny's your aunt. Um, <laughs> Fanny. Yeah, there you go. Bob's your uncle. They are currently 15 points over the expectations. So fuck them. <laughs> Like, I don't think any Liverpool fan will disagree with me here because obviously like we've been quite harsh and and Liverpool have been good this season. You don't you don't get to this point without being good, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You, even though you can say overperforming the numbers, whatever, but they were playing such better football last year. Yes, absolutely. They and, were genuinely and, exciting like, to watch last and year. And they and they looked so much better and so much more comfortable. And it's like this year, this 
just seems to be so many ricks. Like they were, if probably if Watford weren't Watford, they they would have got something from that game because they just couldn't finish and they looked a hell of a lot better. Um, it must be said, Watford. I don't know whether that was because obviously new manager bounce or the fact that there was that game is literally a free hit like, doesn't matter whatsoever. So they may as well take take the chances, but they did look a, a lot more comfortable. Um, Ismail Assar, you know, you can kind of tell his age and inexperience in the league. Um, fluffed quite a few chances, but they were they were still going for it. It was good, and Liverpool were inviting the pressure a little bit too much, which is just what's making me a bit worried. Like the fact that this this time, yeah, they're going to win the league, but it's there's going to be an kind of a footnote on it saying, yeah, but everyone else would just really shit as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's not, it's not that Liverpool blew everyone out of the water. I think that this season in particular, and this will come into play with our next match and pretty much the whole theme for today, it reminds me a lot of the Leicester season in that 90% of years, the underlying numbers XG is like a really good predictor over a long time frame, 20 plus games, of like how the table should look, even stronger than goal difference or shot totals or shot differentials or all the other metrics that people use. But, you know... Numbers don't always work. Otherwise, you wouldn't have to play the games. Like, that's what the games are actually for. And this year, there's just two teams that are wildly overperforming consistently, and they're just pulling away, and it keeps happening, keeps happening, keeps happening. And there are two teams that continuously underperform, and then everyone else is kind of floating around being crap. And so it just makes the table look really weird, and it's just one of those years where, like, I'm cranky. The other team that's overperforming, there are only... Three teams that are more than 10 points away from their expectation. Liverpool are 15 points above. Leicester are 10 points above the expected points. And Watford, in the other direction, are 11 points below the expectation. (laughs) And Newcastle. Newcastle are 10 points above. Newcastle are... Oh yeah, 9.5. Yep, exactly. 10 points above. So that's true. Uh, Jeez. So um, on expected points, does that change... The sort of one, two, three of the Premier League. I haven't looked. Uh, yeah, unexpected points. It's City in first with a five, six point lead. Uh, Liverpool in second, and then almost exactly level are United and Chelsea. Leicester a little further behind. They're in fifth. Madness. Madness. It's good Absolutely. job. These hypothetical stats aren't the case because Palace would be in seventeenth. Yeah, but that's not relegation zone. So still a win. Know, still a win. Oh, checking in on Palace, by the way. They're on 5% to get relegated 2%, so not quite even yet. Arsenal are dead even for relegation and top four at 3% each. Um, That's all I have to say about Arsenal, really. But uh, yeah, we talked about Leicester a little bit. Just briefly to say the scoreline, it was 1-1. They were 1.1 to 1.3 on XG, so pretty spot on. They marginally lost, but again, they're pretty much getting every tiny little bit of luck that they can get. And so another, you know, not a win, but another result for Leicester. Um, and on the flip side of that, we have cue the jingle. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. Ooh, they're better than they ought to be. Burnley of the week. My one and only beloved, Chelsea, huh? were Burnley'd. What? What happened? Of the week because Bournemouth... But you were playing Bournemouth? Yeah, that's right. Five losses in a row, Bournemouth? Yeah. Five five losses in a row and the whole team injured Bournemouth? That's right, that's the one. Managed Uh, by millennial Pardew, Bournemouth? 
That's the one. Yeah, you're right. Lost, <laughs> lost to Ten Man Palace, Bournemouth. That is the one. Yes. Was it Stamford Bridge? Wasn't it? It was at Stamford Bridge. Yes. You should win. You well, you won that, didn't you? No, we did not. <laughs> nope. Because no, your Pulisic scored a hat trick, didn't he? No, 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 no. <laughs> oh no, none of those things happen because your team is shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nope. It would appear that ever since the last international break, slash when Jose Mourinho took over at Spurs, slash just a completely arbitrary point in time, but whatever, <laughs> we've lost four of our last five. Um, this one, again, the finishing pixie seems to have fully abandoned us because we generated 2.0 and we scored zero. Bournemouth. <laughs> finishing pixie. <laughs> yeah. All the luck is gone. Uh, that's not a me thing. That's a Kaylee thing, but. It, 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 I love it. Uh, 1.2 to Bournemouth scoring one. So they scored what they deserved, but we should have scored two. And we did not. Kaylee said the Blues unfortunate to lose, but also not that good of a home match to a weaker side, which is fair. Um, between the posts said that Chelsea got, hold on, let me pull this up so I have the exact. Dicked. Right. Quote. Yeah, something along those lines. <laughs> Uh, the ultimate sucker punch by Bournemouth at Chelsea yesterday. I don't know that it's the ultimate sucker punch, but it was pretty fucking frustrating. Um, just to have some stats up since, again, that arbitrary cutoff time when we lost 4 of 5, and in the same run, Spurs have won 4 of 5, which is why we're talking about a top 4 race again. Uh, in that time, Chelsea have generated 8.8, .8, or 9 if you round to the nearest digit, uh, of XG, and only scored 4. So they are minus 5 in XG. Um, they're also minus 1.5 on their XGA. And if you could put all that together for expected points, they are on 8.4 expected points in those five matches, only notably getting three. So they are 5.4 points off. The next furthest away is 3.2. So significantly the most unlucky or alternatively the worst finishing. Shit. Yeah. In that time, uh, Liverpool, on the other hand, are five points up their expectation in that time frame. And Spurs are 2.5. So you put that together and it's an eight-point swing in the direction of Spurs since Jose Mourinho took off. But you weren't worried. I So, okay, that's true. I wasn't. Uh, and now I but am. You are now. Because huh. we talk a lot about, like, expectation versus reality. And I mean, it, not expectation versus reality in the, like, memes and jokes sense expectation like in the literal statistical sense in a, which is just the fancy stats way of saying average if you do averages that's called the expectation and in the expectation it shouldn't be a conversation because we're much better than spurs and we can have continued to be so even since Mourinho took over but we talked a lot at the beginning of the year over small samples let's say five games you can veer pretty far away from the expectation and that's not that unexpected the problem is that that all happened at the same time for both Chelsea and Tottenham in the other direction. And so now all of a sudden the reality is that they're three points behind with a match to go. And so that fucks with your head. Like that fucks with the, now the underlying numbers. We talked a little bit about this last week. Now they're, now Chelsea, like the players look worried. And like, yes, we generated 2.0, but it was pretty dire watching against Bournemouth at home. It was just pass, pass, pass with the center backs. It's the teams you've played as well and lost to. Like, yeah, fair enough. You lose to Man City, no no worries. And you played well in that game. But then you've, you know, the losses have come against West Ham, Everton and Bournemouth. Yeah, it's not good. Like, that's, that's, it's got to be something. I mean, it, you know, it's been picked up by Lampard and he, and he has been very honest and he's not made any excuses for, for this. And I think it's fair enough that he comes out and does that because he needs to, you need to kind of own 
when things are going well and you need to own it when things are, are going badly. Right. But they just the the problems with them playing off the ball seems to carry on. The team selection and obviously substitutions, as we've spoken about before, seems to be a bit questionable with with how they want to play. And again, in this match, take off Jorginho after what about an hour? Yeah, and when you're playing against a low block, fully parked bus, you want a Jorginho in there. And and before that, you know, Rudiger comes back, who's meant to be this great defensive player. He turns into trying to be David Luiz and starts spraying passes everywhere and is just hitting people in the crowd right. rather than hitting his own players. And, and it's just awful. And it, I'm not saying these two things are connected, but they probably are. Um, obviously, Chelsea's appeal with the Court of Arbitration of Sport, now they can buy players, are a lot of the players like, well, it was nice while it lasted. They're going to spend a load of money. Maybe we're not going to play anymore. Could that have an effect? I think the one person that I see being genuinely affected, not even necessarily by the transfer ban being lifted, but by like competition and a fear of losing his spot, to me, has been Mason Mount. Um, because even without buying anything, we have Conte fully healthy finally after a long time, Ruben on his way back, and Kovacic and Jorginho both playing out of their minds. And so now there's five players for three spots. And Mount notably has had a really hot run at the beginning of the year, but since then has not particularly lived up to the hype. He's really young, so like that's understandable, but you know, when you're worried about minutes and then you come in, he is one of the worst passers in the league, like by all the metrics. Both he doesn't attempt to pass a lot, and when he does, he gives the ball away a lot. He's a dribbler and a shooter, which fine, but that doesn't work against every team. And so especially against a parked bus like Bournemouth did today, or not today, yesterday, whatever, you know, what? what's he going to do? He's just going to dribble up against a brick wall and shoot into a brick wall and nothing's going to come out of that, right? So, like, to me, that wasn't a game where Mount should have been playing. But he's looking over his shoulder, knowing that I don't even necessarily think he should be in the starting lineup right now because I think our three best are Conte, Kovacic, and Jorginho. And then when Ruben comes in, he's probably better than Mount. I don't think that's controversial to say. So, like, that's definitely an area for concern. And I do think that, like, if we're going to have a ton of possession, which I think wasn't surprising to anyone that we were just kind of, like, trying to break them down, trying to break them down, and we gave up the fucking most ridiculous low percentage shit, like, barely managed to stay on side because of Mason Mount, and then, like, back to goal, sort of trying to flick it over the keeper, and then it went in. Like, it was a ridiculous goal to concede. But if you're going to be playing against a team that you need to break down, you need Christensen more than Zuma. Zuma has, has a lead foot. Christensen is the only center back we have that can actually spray passes like David Luiz. And so that he was on the bench, whereas he played in the latch before that was weird to me. There's just a lot like, we have to rotate. It's the hard time of year. But like, there seems to be a slight, like one or two decisions that are weird in the lineup more recently. Um, but at the end of the day, like, we're generating the XG, which is really like that's the ind indicator of did you play good or not. Maybe it wasn't the nicest to look at, but playing against the park bus is always tr tricky. The problem is that the X the finishing pixie has abandoned us, right? So we're not living up to the XG. And it's happened so much. And, you know, sometimes you flip a coin and get five heads in a row. That's happened right now. And it's created a top four race. And now it's a genuine concern because we're down to 54%. We were like 80% at one point, and now we're down to 54 to make it uh, with Man United at 16 and Tottenham at 34. So, like, it's a thing now. It's genuinely a thing. 
Next Yay. fucking week, Mourinho's coming to Stamford Bridge with Red Hot Spurs. And I'm sure he's going to want to do one on Chelsea. And if they win that, we're tied on points. And I think we are probably would be behind on goal difference, if I had to guess. Correct. Terrifying. Yeah, terrifying. We're not recording next week, so luckily I don't have to <laughs> deal with that. Well, anyway, enough about your depression and your terrible team. Uh, we kind of, I, I feel we unfairly b- uh, breeze past kind of Leicester. And, uh, you know, speaking of finishing Pixie, um, finish Pixie, scoring goals again, Timu Puki there. And uh, Norwich Norwich looked very good. Kind of the Norwich that was like way back when, the one that beat Man City, you know. So to go to Leicester with the form they're in and get a draw is is pretty damn impressive. So they deserve a shout out. For sure. I'm sure Johnny Worthington will appreciate that. Norwich, Norwich. Uh, generating 1.3 on the road to Leicester is genuinely something that should be praised. That's absolutely true. Um, and maybe they're playing themselves back into a not being in the relegation zone conversation because they're only three points away from being out of it. Um, and there's loads of garbage teams. And there's loads of teams very close above them. Um, and then there's Arsenal, which aren't particularly close, but they're a garbage team. I just We said garbage team, so my brain went straight to Arsenal. Um, Naturally. <laughs> Man United won one with Everton. Do we care about that? Bit of a Burnley of the week for Everton. They only generated 0.3 to to United's 1.5. So that's kind of harsh that it was a draw. I mean, I care about it in the way that if Duncan Ferguson's listening and hears that I don't care about it, he might kill me. (laughs) Just don't announce that you're a fisherman, Ian. Christ, no. Jesus. (laughs) I didn't watch that one. Did either of you happen to catch that? Not at all. But I think it's kind of expected that they'll, you know... Like we said before, he's not going to go for anything too complicated and he's just going to try and nab points where he can and stink up the place. So I think um, going to Old Trafford and getting a point, uh, especially off point three XG, is a very, very good result for them. But last week, something that kind of stuck in my mind a little bit that I forgot to mention was that they remind me uh, Everton and the way they were playing, especially in the four four two. You remember when Watford were good for that one season and they had Igalo and Dini up front? Fat Drake. And it was very, very good. Yeah, Fat Drake. <laughs> um, they Everton reminded me of that last week uh, with Calvert-Lewin being kind of an enforcer and as well Richarlison being quick. And, and so I think if they can kind of tap into and be similar to that, um, they'll they'll naturally climb up. I don't think they'll set the league on fire, but I think they'll they'll get a few goals. They've got a good run now. They're playing Arsenal, so that's three points surely. Uh, then they got Burnley. Then I think Newcastle after that. Everton haven't been that bad. If you look at expected points, expected goal difference, whatever you want to call it, they are almost dead even with Tottenham on the season. Now Tottenham have notably been much much better over the last five games. Yes, mm. but Everton are underperforming by seven points in the table, which is quite a lot, especially in a table this tight. And they're at 24.81 to Tottenham's 24.82 expected points. So they haven't been that bad. They just have been one of those unlucky teams. The similarity is the same as well. Under Silva for Everton and under Pochettino with Tottenham, they just didn't really know what turn of team they were anymore. The players weren't playing in their best positions and they didn't really understand what the game plan was. And so it was all kind of lost. But now under Mourinho, it's changed and he's picking kind of the the team the way he wants and getting the best out of them. And I think Duncan Ferguson will do, is just doing the same at Everton. We'll just play it simple, not try and be like, this is the way we're going to play and try to make it work somehow. He's just going to get the players to do what they're best at. Yeah, which is like, there's two kind of philosophies of management. There are managers who have the right way to play and they try to impose that on whatever set of players they have. 
slash send out players and bring in players that match that philosophy. And then there are managers who just are less old school in the terms, in the idea of like, they don't necessarily want control of, or are willing to like seed control of, of transfers and squad and all that sort of stuff. And just say, okay, this is my set of players. How can I get the most out of these players? And that doesn't necessarily mean 4-3-3. That doesn't necessarily mean anything, right? Like it doesn't mean possession. It's just like, these, this is the skill set of the people I have in front of me. And I think old school managers can sort of be both to a certain extent because they say like, okay, hoof it, long ball, tall guy. But Big Dunk seems to be, at least, I don't know that much about him, but he seems to be coming in and just looking at the set of players and saying, okay, this is what will work for them. Um, and there is a question as to like what type of manager Lampard is, because I know Adam was asking me about that. And I think he's of the latter, but people seem to think that he might be the former, so it's not clear what it's going to be. But I think he just looked at the squad and was like, this is the best way to play for them. Um, and Big Dunk seems to be getting results, you know, at Everton. If that can happen for them, they'll end up solidly mid-table. All right, well, let's talk about a couple of the other matches. Uh, let's move into, briefly, Tottenham Wolves. Tottenham scoring two on point nine nine, so doubling their XG. Uh, Wolves scoring one on point seven, so I think a fairer, quote-unquote, result would have been 1-1. Tottenham getting a very late result with that uh, headed goal from Vertonghen. And again, just like any tiny little bit of luck that Liverpool, Leicester, or Tottenham can get lately is going their way. And it's, you don't sound bitter whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, I'm real mm. fucking mad. Like, what do you want? I don't know. <laughs> Fuck. Like, we fucking... Oh, well, whatever. You know about our XG. You know about theirs. It's just so fucking frustrating. But, like, yeah. So we're in a top four conversation, I guess, because Tottenham got a very undeserved late win. Jose doing Jose things. Yeah, the venom in your voice. Yeah, yeah allow incredible. me to re-emphasize so undeserved on the win there. Points is points, mate. Points you can't points. live in expected reality all yeah. this time. Sometimes you have to live in reality. You know who would love to not be living in reality to take it to our next match? We have Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> Arsenal done got absolutely destroyed by Manchester City. Zero to three. Uh, the XG is basically the same. Um, I mean, not quite. It's 1.7 to City, but it's 0.3 to Arsenal at home. Oh, ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. and all they've got is an attack. That's horrendous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the only uh, player they've got. Lacazette on the ooh. bench here. You can't just keep doing the same thing, but we have a different person. <laughs> yeah, and bringing Ozil back doesn't seem to be working in general, but especially against Manchester City, where you need everyone on the pitch to be able to defend at least a little bit. And Lacazette, who's good with pressure, like meaning putting pressure on the back line and, and trying to intercept passes and pressing, mm-hmm. as opposed to Ozil, who just meanders around the center circle doing <laughs> fuck all when it comes to defending. He can uh, build a wicked fort, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, Katie, this was the KDB show, though, right? Like, fuck, those oh, goals were pretty. Yes, it yeah, was. Baby. That was lovely to follow along. Yeah, lovely because I have him in my FPL team. I also have him in my FPL oh, team. Ian, I'm sure you have him as well, right? <sighs> I can expect a lovely little rank drop then, can't I? I got rid of him weeks ago. Oh, you didn't have faith in little Kevin, did you? No, I didn't, little ginger prick. Um, <laughs> uh, he's fucking good though, weren't it? I mean, I must admit I wasn't thinking about FPL until Chuck on the WhatsApp group mentioned it. And then I was like, oh, fuck. And then... Another goal went in. I was just, 
He ran the show though, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, I must admit though, he's on last. He was on last knockings in my team. Was he? Like, yeah. He was. If if he hadn't have done something against Arsenal, he was gone. Right. Yeah, I said to you guys on Friday that he was probably going to be my transfer, and now he's definitely not. Yeah, it was very impressive from him. Very impressive. Um, I mean, he's been practically all season. Like I know you said last couple of games, FPL wise, have been a blank or whatever. But I mean, all season he's just been shining light for them in a season that's not been great when, like you say, they're not not getting the results that their expected goals and everything should get. But yeah, mm. it, it, he's quite something to watch. I mean, he's just it's fun just to watch him. And there was also almost that third goal too. Um, yes. Which was a brilliant save. That was a hell of a save, yeah. That would have been nice. <laughs> yeah, the hat-trick would have been nice. <laughs> hat-trick oh. and an assist and three bonus points. Oh, oh. Greedy Chuck over there. Touch me. He's now outscoring Mane for the season as well in FPL. Is he? Which is Which is mad considering like you'd think about collectively thought about dropping him or have dropped him recently. It's mad, isn't it? Absolutely mad. Yeah. Speaking of FPL, uh, let's transition to that. How's the team doing? The team is doing... Well, I didn't think we were doing that well uh, until Kev... Big old Kevy, Kevy DB, um, Dick and Balls. Uh, we are currently on 68 points. Ooh, not else. bad. Not bad at all. So pretty good. Game week average is looking at 51. So Is that all in or do we still have people to play? That's all in. So 19 points off of KDB. We had six off Mane. Clean sheet for Pope. Lundstrom back in the points again. Jimenez, king of the assists, nailing it. And uh, Vardy captain with his uh, assist for the Crawlung goal. Um, Triore on the bench for ten points, but you know, yeah. And our two our two transfers worked out really well. Oh, of course. Two points for Aurier. Yep, and three points for Pulisic. Wait, three points for who? Say again. I didn't catch that. My my. I must have had static in my earphones. Who did get? Who got the three points? Yeah, yeah. They but for once after what about seven weeks, uh, the public actually decided and and went for your option, Oscar. Yeah. Uh, after Pulisic had blanked five times in a row and then blanked against the worst team in the league. Although, I think because he got subbed off early enough, he, he got the, the clean sheet point. point. <laughs> oh, he banked that point. Well, that's worth it then. Thank God. Thank God, thank God we got Pulisic in. That makes it all worthwhile. Um, we are, of course, recording on the Sunday uh, before Palace play Brighton on the Monday. Um, probably would have been nice to have talismanic player in there who has vanquished uh, Brighton before but you know never mind we got Pulisic in that was a thing I'm just saying guys every time we do my transfers it goes well you must be delighted that the public finally went with you I mean votes this week haven't gone brilliantly across the board (laughs) yeah I tweeted out like um what did I say the campaign is over the votes have been counted and the big results are in, we can proudly say that Christian Pulisic is on his way into the Mapo Sakam Robots. Yeah. Which did bring me such joy. It was very much like ripping off a plaster or Band-Aid for our American (laughs) listeners. Because I saw that, saw the poll was done and went straight to the FPL team and did the transfer. So I was like, right, it's done. And also the fact that you didn't get to have the pleasure of doing it yourself. (laughs) So as the winner, I think I should get to propose my transfer now for the team for this week, since I am the reigning uh, FPL transfer decision winner. (laughs) (laughs) That's a thing, yeah. Any trophy I can get, I'm like Arsenal. 
Um, and so I'm going to make a bit of a, I think maybe unexpected suggestion this week. And I am going to say... Pulisic out. Pulisic out for Ali. Yep. Are you fucking what? shitting me? <laughs> no, I just wanted to win. <laughs> now that I've won. He's blanked five in a row, guys. We should be getting rid of him. I'm probably going to get rid of him <laughs> from my own team. I cannot believe this. And Deli Ali is in red hot form and we can afford it with what our money are in the you? bank. What are you? You are the quintessential child with a toy that you're like, I want it, I want it, I want it. You finally get it and then you throw it in the bin. Like, I don't yeah. want it anymore. No, Boy. I mean, I joke. Um, I want him to stay. But of the people we have, I guess I could say roll the transfer. But he's, his underlying numbers are still good for the record. I've had this conversation like five different times on You've been trying to convince Twitter. like eight different people to get him in. Yeah. You've spent hours of airtime of people listening <laughs> to you <laughs> to convince them. Other people have done, and now you're reneging on it like instantly. And you got rid of something. You're a prick. I'm just doing it for the laughs, Fucking honestly. Prick. Because I knew we would get this reaction out of you. <laughs> this is why this is why people should just go. Oh, I Ian. love it. You're exactly giving me what I wanted with this. Thank you so much. <laughs> It's like a little Christmas gift. Wonderful. You're a c- <laughs> For the record, Pulisic's XG in this match was... Don't bleep that one. 0.53, which is exactly his season average. He's sixth best in the league for XG, sixth best in the league for XA. So I don't think that he's a bad pick, but yeah. You're a ex P- Prick. Expected <laughs> penis. Very good. What's your suggestion then, Ian? I mean, how can I spoil my ballot? Because I'm so... Fucking annoyed at you for saying out. And not only have you done that, but you've chosen the exact fucking transfer I was going to suggest. Really? I, I was going to suggest Pulisic to Ali, yeah. I think we need to have Ali in uh, after Chelsea, which arguably might not be a tricky fixture. I expect Tottenham to do something. They've then got, I think it's three, I don't know what their next three uh, fixtures are, something like Everton, Brighton, they're all in there. All of them, um, and yeah, I think we need to have Ali. So that's so annoying. I was gonna, I was gonna go for the. Exact... Nah, go on, go on. You can have that one. I don't actually want to get rid of Pulisic. I just want to annoy the shit out of the two of you. My actual suggestion then will be roll the transfer, and you can have Pulisic to Ali. How about Fine. that? Good, good. Well, my ballot remains unspoiled then. Yeah, Chuck. You're such a knob. <laughs> <laughs> just. <sighs> <sighs> It's the little things, boys. It's the little things. Hmm. Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas indeed. I can't believe you. And now you're going to roll the transfer. So not even that. You're just then going to for a shocking for effect and then just copping out. <laughs> Penis. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, I was going to go Madison to Ali. All right. Okay. Like, a, you know, it's a bit sideways. But, you know, I don't want to waste the point of a transfer and just transfer Pulisic straight out because <laughs> I'm actually good at this game. Oh. And beating Oscar and catching Ian now. Uh, not just yet, though. under so. the radar. Well, I'm catching you. Uh, not catching the pod. Who? Who? Uh, which <laughs> I've just realised is currently on exactly 1,000 points. Yes. Wow. So there we go. That's quite nice. So, uh, yeah, I'll go Madison uh, because... Leicester have got a couple of tough fixtures coming up. Oh shit, yeah, Man City and Liverpool up next. Yeah, Man City, Liverpool. Yeah, so worth a bit of a bit of a go. I was wrong before as well. After Chelsea, Tottenham have got Brighton, Norwich, and Southampton. So yeah, and Chelsea can't defend. That's correct. If we're getting anyone in, it's Ali. It's just whether we ditch Madison or um, Pulisic, or whether we do nothing and roll it. 
Pulisic to Ali is going to win. You know that, right? I hope so. Like, because people don't really... I bet, like, a lot of the votes that we get aren't actually listeners. It's just people scrolling by being like, oh, I'll vote on a Twitter poll, sure. Yeah, yeah. But I was surprised... Was I surprised? I think I was surprised that we got Pulisic in this week, to be honest. A lot of people were debating this week whether to get rid of him or not because of four or five blanks, whatever it is. Yeah. So I was relatively surprised that we got him in. Do you know, I spent weeks trying to crack the code of how can we get this guy in, and I had to get, like, meta-strategic about it. And the reason it won is because before we recorded, I just looked up the most transferred-out players. And I was like, I will suggest getting rid of those two people because everyone is like, fuck these guys, I'm selling. And then I can just say Pulisic, and I'll say a Spurs player for the other one because people are all about getting Spurs in right now. And I was like, well, three out of those four things are people are things that people want. By looking at the data, and so I was like, "That's how I'll sneak Pulisic in there." Trojan horse. This him. is like this is like when Ian scammed the Predictor League last year. Yeah, absolutely. You're just you just what what's the you took you're sucking all the fun out of it. Thanks, Oscar. You're ruining society. You are everything that's wrong with the world. So <laughs> thanks, mate. Thanks. Yeah. Speaking of anything from the listeners this week. Yeah, there's loads of listener stuff. Uh, our listeners seem as obsessed with Christmas as we are. Yay! Which is good. So I'm going to buck that for the first one because we've got a new Patreon. And Ooh. we always like to talk about a new Patreon. Yeah. I was trying to pull up the app, it was taking too long, so I just did it with my mouth. That's what she said. Yes. Or in your brain, Google. Yeah, in my brain, in your Google. brain Google. Yeah, that's Jesus. like my favorite thing. Uh, more than pomegranate, the way I said my brain Google because I couldn't think of the word thinking was <laughs> like uh, <laughs> definitely one of my shining moments on this pod. What worried me is I, that I thought you were joking, and then you weren't. No, not and at all. I was like, oh no, he genuinely couldn't think of the word thinking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my brain, brain Google. Google. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, new Patreon, Nate Whittam. This is what you're paying for. Uh, sorry about that. But um, he comes in with a question on the Twitter. Are Jaffa Cakes as popular over in England as I've heard? Uh, he tried some because of the hype. Uh, needs like, more orange filling, in my opinion. No, it's the perfect amount of orange filling. I think the ratio is probably, probably bang on. Um, I haven't tried a Jaffa Cake in years. I mean, are, are they as popular over in England? I mean... They'll always be around, won't they? Where is Nate writing in from? Nate is writing in from Michigan. Oh, is he, is he American, is he? He's an American. I asked him if he was one of the Virginians. He was not. One of the Californians? No. We're big in Michigan now, guys. Woof, that's a 5 a.m. wake-up time for FPL on Saturday mornings. That is brutal. Blimey, that's commitment, that is. Yeah. I've never seen a Jaffa Cake in the U.S., so I'm surprised. Like, I don't know how he found one. Maybe he ordered it online, international delivery. But do you know what Jaffa Cakes are? No. I'm assuming from your description it sounds like a Twinkie, basically, but with orange inside? Um, no, it's not It's not as disgusting and <laughs> chemically and able to, to survive a nuclear blast as a Twinkie. That's not at all true, by the way. That's a total myth. They'd go bad just like every other food. <laughs> it's just like mm. someone started that rumor in the 80s, <laughs> and so it's just been a thing now. Yeah, I mean, I've eaten one, and no. Um... No, a Jaffa cake is like a round, much debated, is it a cake or a biscuit? It's a cake. Um, <laughs> a round cake base, about yay. 
I'm making it simple to you. It's always good on uh, in the audio medium. Silver dollar for our American listeners? Uh, I'd say slightly bigger, but then it has a chocolate coating on the top, but sort of as, as a smaller circle, uh, about a quarter size for our American listeners, there is uh, a sort of orangey jelly, which is Ugh. underneath uh, the chocolate. Ugh. I want none of this. Uh, it's just because I mentioned fruit. That's the only reason why you're repulsed by I it. I love fruit. For the record, don't do vegetables. Eat a fucking ton of fruit. I love fruit. I just don't know the names of things. You just don't know what any of it is. No. Yeah, I don't know the names. Just put it in my mouth. It's all good. It's all fruit. It's and delicious. the fact that all you eat is limes and it's really weird. Limes? What? Yeah. He just eats limes. Where are you getting that from? I don't... I've seen limes. you. You sit there. That's why you're so bitter. <laughs> Sitting there eating your limes. What a weird thing to say. I've never <laughs> once eaten the limes. It's because you're colorblind and you keep thinking that they're figs. Oh, it's not I what a fig it. is, mate. I get it. Okay. Okay. Chocolate and orange sounds fucking disgusting. Why are you guys doing that? No, no that's ridic- That's the most ridiculous thing you've ever said. And you've said some ridiculous things. You have Chocolate said some and orange things. sounds disgusting. It's a classic combination. Terry's. Terry's classic combination. Oh, Terry. Those don't seem like they would go together at all. No, but uh, I, you. But they do, so it's fine. So there, done. Okay. <laughs> right. Chocolate orange, like, because we have a chocolate... Uh, have we done chocolate oranges before on this podcast? We have not, it, we have not done chocolate oranges. I've made, I've made Partridge references to yeah. chocolate oranges. Yeah, so that's a classic thing you get over here in your Christmas stocking, Oscar, is a chocolate orange, which is like, as Alan Partridge says, a solid uh, chocolate cricket ball um, that's, like, got just... With segmented... Yeah, it's segmented. It's got orange flavouring in it. You sort of, before you unwrap it, you sort of bash it on a table. And then when you unwrap it, all the segments just open up and it's delicious. And it's just, it's solid chocolate, but with an orange sort of oil flavouring in it. Oh, it's not like a physical orange. No. No. no it's no. just solid chocolate. But the, but the pieces break off like, like little chocolate, like orange, orange segments. segments. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Delicious. Well, my wife just called out from the other room and she said, orange and chocolate is a thing here, you idiot. So <laughs> I guess I'm wrong and I've just never had it. Must be good. I'm very glad. So yeah, there's there's no problems there. But no, I don't, know, I don't know how popular Nate thinks Jaffa Cakes are because I don't know whether he thinks we're eating them at the end of every meal. You know, because for me, like I say, I, I can't remember the last time I had one. It's not like an after eight. It's not like you're passing them around pretending to be fancy. No, exactly. Getting them in a restaurant, you get you get your t- you get your bill on the little on the little tray <laughs> little with an Jaffa assortment of it. assortment of Jaffa cakes. But having said that, if supermarkets stopped stocking them and there was a protest march, I'd be there. I've literally never seen one, so I don't know that they're a thing here. Maybe in Michigan. I, I don't know which. I also don't know which of Chuck's family invented them. fuck you very good very good okay and dave mateo takes us in a christmas direction now so he was listening to us talk about uh christmas lunch christmas dinner and we questioned what about christmas dessert yeah dave's assertion that there'd be uh, some sort of fruit situation going on so he's he's messaged us and he said, "Oh, yes, yes, yes." I know where this is going now. So he's uh, what an Italian Australian, if that's the thing. Yeah, Italostro. Uh, exactly. So he said the food setup is homemade breadsticks on the table at all times. Naturally, all get behind that's that. Good. But then he takes us into the five courses he has at Christmas. Five, mm. five, five courses. courses, Jez. Five courses. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, uh, course one, pasta, usually lasagna or cannelloni. Which alarm bells right away. Yeah. Like, <laughs> carbs. We have lasagna at Christmas also, actually. I told him this in uh, our, like, regular, we were just texting each other. starter? No, just, we have everything all at once, just out, out all the time. Yeah, but that's exactly what I mean. Lasagna is not a starter. Well, it could be. Course one of five, a massive lasagna. Yeah, fuck yeah. I don't care when. <laughs> I don't believe in eating foods in a certain order. Eat whatever's delicious whenever the fuck you want. No, no, because you eat the heaviest thing last, because otherwise it could fuck it up for everything else. This is what I'm saying. Course one as lasagna seems excessive, even on Christmas. No such thing. Too much ballast there. You won't be able to move. Ballast, yeah. Absolutely. Anyway, course two is then antipasto. Well, that seems the wrong way around. Well, it negates the pasta he just had, right? You have pasta and antipasta. Yeah. <laughs> so they cancel each other out. Oh, so maybe that's how he doesn't feel full anymore. Right, it cancels itself out. So now he's, uh, it's basically like starting okay. fresh. Okay. I didn't realise it was a scientific thing. Okay, I, I, I get it now. Fine. <laughs> Course three. Meats, potatoes, veggies, and salad. So that's, I mean, that's a meal. Yeah. Course three is a meal. Yeah. <laughs> so course three is a meal. Course one is a meal. Course yeah. two it's seems like meal. some sort of <laughs> digestive decongestant. <laughs> just just a bottle of uh, antacids yeah. for course yeah. two. <laughs> now, what I want to know is how do they make lasagna on a barbecue? Because I'm pretty sure in Australia, that's the only thing that they have for cooking foods is on the well, old barbecue. Yeah, because, because you have to cook up high because the spiders have claimed the ground. Correct. Yeah, so he's having a lasagna on the barbie, the traditional Christmas. Their whole lives are a perpetual game of the floor is lava, except that yeah. the floor is spiders and snakes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Course four, cheese and fruit. Yes. Uh, the, the fruits are usually cherries, watermelon, peaches, strawberries, etc. Ooh, that sounds... Mm, fuck me up with that. Right in my mouth. There's a variety of there is, fruit there. Yeah, not necessarily ones I'd pair with cheeses as well. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, I don't see any pairings with cheese there. Strawberry yeah. cheese is delicious. You're an idiot. Yes, it, that's just a me thing. That's not an American thing for the record. I don't want anyone to think that Americans are weird. But I put strawberries on fucking everything. <laughs> too late. Well, I know, too late. Fine. But in that specific way, I guess. <laughs> Strawberries, and we talked about the strawberry burger. So strawberry and mm. cheddar goes together. Uh, yeah, does it? No. Have you made the strawberry burger yet? Both of you said you would try no. it. No. 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 But Every time is. I make a burger, I'm like, I don't want to waste this lovely burger. Mm. It's delicious. Listeners, look up a strawberry burger recipe. It's fucking delicious. Or just throw some burgers, some strawberries as a topping on a regular burger with cheddar. I'd be so upset if it was then bad. Uh, okay. Um, course five, dessert, usually sherry trifle and zeppola. Zeppola? Zeppolis. It's just fried dough with sugar on top. Oh. It's fucking delicious. Donut. It's donut, yeah. Okay. It's similar to a donut. There's many different ways to fry dough and put sugar on top. Americans have perfected it like an art. Um, and one of them is zeppolis, which we got from Italians, obviously. There's also funnel cake, fried donuts. In Rhode Island, something just called fried dough. Uh, which is a little bit thicker. We have beignets, which are from France through the way of New Orleans, or from New Orleans through the way of France, I mean. Um, we have churros, which are Mexican fried dough with sugar on top. Or Spanish. Spanish, really? Oh, I thought they were Mexican always. That must That's where they got it from, obviously, but yeah. 
What I get with that is, is because something I've never understood, even though I've had them, is cheese as a dessert. But that's cheese before a dessert, which makes sense. Although it is a massive kind of cheese sandwich, since you're starting with like a lasagna, which has probably got cheese on it. And and it's just ending with cheese. And then, you know, what's he going to have a cheesecake? Is it just five courses of cheese? Sign well, me up. That was Yeah, I was going to say, that was Oscar's menu, wasn't it? Oh, that's right. <laughs> My dream menu was just... No wonder this works, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I'm lactose intolerant. This was just you in a different order, with but with fruit. I like fruit. Yeah, didn't feature anywhere in your dream meal. <laughs> well, I mean, if it's my last meal on earth, I'm not going to eat fruit, but I like fruit. Um, he says that if you do normal Australian Christmas, so he recognises that his Christmas might be a bit of a mishmash. Then Thank fuck for that. <laughs> then replace the pasta course with seafood. So that lasagna would be ditched for some prawns or something. Um, right, got you. And he does say a lot of the meat courses are done on a barbecue. There you go. And the lasagna course. <laughs> and shrimp. If you're substituting lasagna for shrimp. Yeah. Then the old shrimp is on the barbie too. And then he's put, and the dessert is probably pavlova or some other disappointing shit. So. Oh, pavlova, that quintessential Australian. Well, I, I'm not in a position to argue with him. I've never been in Australia for Christmas or indeed ever. It is like the na- national dessert or something of Australia. Is it? I'm sure of it. Yeah. That's where it came from. Pavlovas. Yeah. Yeah, I'm putting my neck on the block here. Fully. Someone fact check that and then email us. An Australian thing. If this is the hill that Chuck dies on, I'll be very surprised. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, so help me God, if this is the cause I go down for, (laughs) fuck. The Pavlova probably is Australian. Is there a a question in there or are we just making fun of his Australian? I was was just making conversation because um, Dave Dave started the Christmas lunch conversation last episode. And then he just wanted to fill us in on, on what the Italian-Australian Christmas entailed. Well, that gets the big stamp of approval from me, especially lasagna. I love lasagna. I've de- I demanded for years that lasagna be served at our Christmas. It is not, as you might imagine, a traditional Guatemalan food. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> hmm. <Shut> up, <laughs> <probably> that one. <laughs> yeah, they prefer street meat and vomiting off bridges. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it is my favorite food, so we have lasagna at Christmas as well. And uh, so I'm a big fan of that. Ours is not made on a barbecue grill, though. I mean, logistically, I doubt Dave's is, but it just makes sense because of the spiders. <laughs> just logistically, you need to keep it away from the spiders. Keep it up high, guys. Keep it up high. Ian, does does Chuck know that spiders can climb things? I think he doesn't. <laughs> no, because they live suspended from the air because Australia is upside down. Oh, oh cool. yeah, you're so right. The of course. Spiders, the spiders have the land. The people have the sky. <laughs> it's how it works. Gotcha. Wow. Okay. Obviously. Sorry, how could I? Fuck's sake, you don't pay any attention in geography. <laughs> we don't... We literally <laughs> get a little bit of geography spread out around various classes, but we don't study geography, like, on its own in the US. We are really? absolutely dog shit at it as a country. So, if you're in high school, there isn't a geography class? No, not at all. You learn it mostly in history class and a little bit in science or English, depending on wow. which science or which English. Okay. Yeah, no, not at all. It's like an this afterthought. This is why no one has passports there. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that sort of explains a little bit. Yeah, blimey. We don't even know American geography. I couldn't place all 50 states on the map. I've tried. I can usually get to about 40. And then the middle, I'm like, where does Arkansas go? I think it's right above Texas. No, that's Oklahoma. I forget. 
If you're from Arkansas, sorry, I don't know where your state is. But also, I currently I'm just live in check Rhode Island. If we've ever had a listener from Arkansas. There was a study a couple of years ago where 60% of Americans do not realize that Rhode Island is a state. Forget about where wow. it is. They don't realize it's a state. They think it's part of New York, which means that they're confusing it with Long Island. So, I I taught myself to be pretty good at geography. Do you guys remember Traveler IQ? It was like a game that was pretty popular circa 2008. Rings a bell. It's just a map. You can pick different regions or you can do the world map. And it just says like a thing. Nothing's marked on the map. And it says a thing. And then you have to click as close as possible to where the thing is. It could be a landmark. It could be a city. It could be a country, whatever. And then you get points the faster you click and the more accurate you are. And it'd get progressively harder as you go through the levels. So I'd get to like level 12 and then be like, I don't fucking know what town that is. We have never had a listener from Arkansas. There you go. Fuck Arkansas. Not a single Thank one. Thank God. You're all related. <laughs> they don't have podcasts yet. Or electricity. Not a single one. Literally Just the corn worst corn and state. disappointment and incest. <laughs> yes. We hate Arkansas. Officially. <laughs> Officially. Virginia. Go sort them out. Yeah. No, don't. Don't Michigan bother. Don't now. go to Arkansas. No one wants to be there. Fuck them. Good. I'm pretty sure it's like literally the dumbest state in the country when you like, and we're not good at schooling and education, and they still have like the worst education system in the country. It is weird though, because like in terms of geography, I could name, like, I mean, if I did the challenge, I probably couldn't get all 50 states, but I know all 50 states, but I can name like 10 counties in England. (laughs) Like it, it doesn't make any sense. Lancashire. Kent. Good. Yeah. Uh, the Midlands. No. 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 Okay. Um, Brom. Uh, the North is not one. No, I know Leeds. I'm pretty sure is a county. No, it's just a city. That's a city. Damn it, Manchester. City. That's a city. Damn it, I know they're near each other. And What's a metro- the county up and there? a greater metropolitan area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're right next to each other. What is the city? What's the county there then? Well, Manchester's in Greater Manchester. Is Manchester not a county? Greater Manchester is a That's county. what I meant. I knew that it was in its own county. It's like New York State and New York City. I once lost a bet, which I've never paid out on because I was drunk, but I... Yeah, and you're cheap. Sorry? Thrifty. Thrifty, Thrifty. they prefer. Yeah. Sorry. It was in university, and I was absolutely insistent that Huntingdonshire was a county. I've never heard of it, but yeah. I also admitted a good few minutes ago that I know about 10 counties. Right, yeah, so. that's fine. Uh, it turns out I was wrong, but I thought Huntingdonshire was a thing because I'd seen it on some bins, like uh, Huntingdonshire Council or something. And so I based that as something that I should make a £100 bet on, which I've never paid out on. Yeah. But, um, yeah, is it, I'm, I'm looking this up now. I've got to find out with a great... Oh, it is. Well done. <laughs> yeah, I'm counting that. I'm counting that because that's what I meant. Okay, fair enough. Well, yeah. Huntingtonshire. No, no, no Huntingtonshire definitely isn't a counter. Manchestershire, counter. I guess. Greater Manchester. Greater Manchester, yeah. Greater okay. London. Yeah, Greater London, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I could name, I think I named five. I don't know, I wasn't counting. That's pretty you good. You also named a lot of wrong ones. I did name a lot of wrong ones, but still. That's pretty good. I, I, I'm terrible at US geography, absolutely terrible. Name ten states. Chuck, I know you know, so Ian, name ten states. Yeah. I could name ten states. Let's see it. Uh, North Dakota, South Dakota, yeah. uh, California, Arizona, yeah. Yeah. Texas, yeah. Michigan, yeah. Um, Ohio, yeah. Seven. New York State, Rhode Island, yeah. eight, yep. nine, um, Florida, 
Georgia. That's ten. That's eleven. He's showing go. off now. All yeah. right. Very good. I wouldn't be. I would be very poor at saying where they were in the U.S. Didn't say Virginia, but didn't say or Virginia Arkansas. Even. I don't think. Did he say Arkansas? Or Arkansas? Or, Arkansas. No. Yeah. or West Virginia? Yeah. I like that you went for the North and South, though. That's smart. Easy in it. Yeah. There's also North and South Carolina and Virginia and West of Virginia. Course. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's yeah. I don't know that. I wonder how many I'd be able to get up to. I mean, it's boring podcasting, so we won't do it. Yeah, really but... terrible. You're definitely going to cut this anyway. <laughs> Delaware. <laughs> that wasn't a suggestion. I was just like meandering and Maryland. Wondering. Yeah. Maryland. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I'd be able to pull that one unless you just said it. Yeah. Vermont. He's just going to say states for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tennessee. Oh, Idaho. Nice. Iowa. Okay. Minnesota. Norfolk. Um. Wisconsin. <laughs> Sam Danby asks. He wants to stay on the Christmas theme. He says, Arizona! <laughs> he says, do you still get new pyjamas every year? Uh, my dad's over from the UK and we got stuck with matching ones for fuck's sake. Haven't had pyjamas since 1996. Naked sleeper? Yes, why wouldn't you? What what in, what possible reason could there be not to? For a grown man to wear pyjamas. Not to get crass, but morning wood. Celebrate it. At Ian's age, you just... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nothing to worry about there. Don't move. <laughs> you might scare you it You might off. scare it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so am I the only one on this show that wears pajamas? What? You wear pajamas. I fucking love pajamas. I have I have many pajamas that I like very much. I get all all about like you know how I have like a sneaker collection and I just continue to add to it and I have like, oh I want this, I want that, I want I love my pajamas collection. But why? But why? But what for? Why why do you want to put on more clothes and then get into bed? But you you sleep in them. I sleep in them. I put them on pretty much as soon as I get home from work. Well, that's fair. Can, like, yeah. you have comfortable clothes. I get I get that part. Don't, don't get me wrong. I understand pajamas if you're, like... As leisure you know, Lounging. Yes, exactly that. Or just having some, like, comfortable tracksuit bottoms or something like a, a T-shirt you wear all the time. Or if you want to be comfortable when you get home. But... Going to bed. Sleeping? Yeah. Oh, they're, yeah, I love a good pajamas. I have Superman pajamas. I have Star Wars pajamas. I bet pajamas. you wear socks as well. I have Harry that. Potter pajamas. No, I don't. Good. No, I thought you might because you love socks so much. No, I don't. Yeah, no. No, that, but in, obviously no. you don't, which is fair. Fine. No, I love good pajamas. I also, though, I'm a like. I don't think it's weird to like pajamas, but I am a weird sleeper in that I like to sleep as hot as possible and get very sweaty while I'm sleeping, which is gross. What? I know, I know. But I sleep what? so much deeper, so I wake up I like drenched sometimes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I weird. like it moist. Yeah, so I sleep with like pants, a shirt, a hoodie under seven blankets. Damp, I have the hood like up over my head, and then I wake up like so fucking sweaty, and it's great. It, in what way is it great? I I like it. I don't know. If I'm fucked up. Emily Emily from our other room is also saying you're fucking weird. <laughs> I'm, that's bizarre. Do you have to- I don't want anything or any like clothing or person near me <laughs> like, i'm i'm half out of the covers yeah. like it doesn't matter even at the minute it's it's cold here now like i'm not i'm not putting on clothes and i'm, I'm out of the covers i mean half the time it's because i'm being forced out of a bed by an infant child uh, but yeah. let's not <laughs> let's not go into that <laughs> so oscar do you change your sheets like every other day no i just wear enough layers that like the hoodie doesn't get sweaty it's just the shirt underneath 
the, the undershirt, yeah, of course. Sorry. More layers. The undershirt to so how many layers? Sorry, is this genuinely uh, depends like, on the time of year, but right now it's a small shirt, a long sleeve shirt, and then hoodie. You're wearing three, three layers, layers to bed. and then you've got yeah. like a well, you call it a comforter <clears throat> on top yeah, of you. Yeah, the, there's, a, there's yeah. like a like the fitted sheet on the bed, then a sheet on top, and then a comforter, and then another blanket on top of that. Have you heard of the Tog rating system? No, what's that? It measured. No one knows really what it means. It's kind of like the Scoville <laughs> scale for spicy food. It doesn't make any sense, but it is the rating to which your comforter or duvet, duvet. as we would call it here, um, insulates you. So you have like a very high tog rating for the winter because it's a nice thick one, and you have a lower tog rating maybe in the summer. Do you not have different? How are you wearing three layers of clothing? And then four layers of blanket and sheet and comfort on your bed. Like, you make no sense. It's fucking amazing. I cocoon while I sleep. It's great. Do you, do you have the heating on uh, this time of year during the night? Yeah, of course. It drops to, like, 20 degrees overnight, which is, what, negative something over there. Yeah, yeah, minus 10 or whatever. So you have you have the heating on. Yep. Three layers of clothing and a, and a quilt on top of you. Well, you, you guys know this. It's not just for me. Like, the heating is on for Emily, who wears just, like, a shirt and shorts. Like a normal person. Yeah, yeah. which is, like, an understandable normal <laughs> yeah, person she's a normal for when person. it's cold. I know. When, I'm, when it's quite cold and I'm not feeling very well, I might wear a t-shirt in bed. Maybe keep my underwear on. But I'm not going to put on a full fucking suit. <laughs> it does I mean, seem it's all, excessive. like, very soft and baggy and unbelievably comfortable clothes. No, not like I'm wearing like restrictive. You just items. need you need to you need to understand how weird this is. I no no no. I recognize that I go away on the other side, but I don't think pajamas are weird. Pajamas? No, pajamas again, lounging, but still wouldn't wear. Yeah. But you you are just. I'm very much on the extreme end of the scale, but yeah, you tip the fucking. Scale. You guys are on the other end. I think like no, somewhere no. in the middle is like people who wear pajamas and have no, one no, sheet. because I'm not. No, no, because I'm not living. The other end of the scale would be living out in the garden naked. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm in. I've got the heating on at this time. Centrist, and I'm in a bed with no clothes on, but I've got a suit of all tog rated <laughs> uh, duvet, so I'm comfortable. I don't. That's yeah. Mm. Anyway, yeah. we're getting away from the point. Yeah. I think that's going to be a thing on Twitter, but we're getting away from the point. I think it might be. Yeah. Matching pyjamas, like Christmassy pyjamas. Christmas Eve, I think we're talking. Is this a thing for you? No. See, it's a thing for me. For you, it is, new, is it? New, like, yeah, it's become a thing. It's a weird little tradition that sort of has happened of having, like, yeah, new pyjamas on Christmas okay. Eve. The three of us. And we'll have, like, we, we make a, try and make a big deal of Christmas Eve and a Christmas film and do some stuff. And like, yeah, all have like but Christmassy pajamas. Do you feel that's because it started because you or Kelly bought pajamas for Finley? Possibly. I mean, Kelly's all in on Christmas, so I just do what I'm told. But it's <laughs> it's, it's sort of quite nice. I don't know though, because I mean, Finley's nine now. Are we still going to be doing that when he's fifteen? My mom buys me pajamas every year, but I think that's just because I like pajamas. Well, yeah, and then a hazmat suit to so as yeah. you get really yeah. sweaty. 
She might as well just get you some wire wool insulation and cover you in it. <laughs> this does explain a lot. My sister-in-law had been texting in our family chat about how she got the boys' Christmas pajamas. And all the boys' Christmas... The boys' is my three nephews, their mm. Christmas pajamas finally came in. And they're so excited about their Christmas pajamas. I was like, why is she telling us that they, they, got, they, they got them more pajamas? I, they have lots of pajamas. It's just like a fucking thing. I didn't yeah. realize that like Christmas pajamas was a thing. Christmas Eve thing. Yeah, I think it yeah, is yeah, yeah. It's becoming a thing. Yeah. Okay, I get it. Well, I think here it's just been the resurgence of Christmas jumpers. Yeah. All of a sudden, like everyone, like Christmas jumper day is a thing. And everyone at their Christmas party is wearing like Christmas jumpers that aren't Christmas jumpers. Because, yeah, okay, the designs are cool. But it's like Street Fighter characters, like firing fireballs at each other, repeated in like block patterns and stuff like that and like sonic the hedgehog with a father christmas hat on okay and so like just not really christmasy and it's just kind of a reappropriation of stuff but how many christmas sweaters do you own chuck how many have i bought for myself zero how many do i have three one says i've got a big sack <laughs> good there you go <laughs> <laughs> like that yeah ian how about you how many christmas jumpers i don't have any christmas jumpers i don't think um no i've got a a red cardigan that i've um whenever i wear i get taken the piss out of so i decide it's only for december but to give you some context i was wearing it the other day at work and i went in to a sound room where someone else was mixing a tv show and they said um can you fuck off because i can't hear the program over your cardigan (laughs) (laughs) Um, I only Very wear nice. that in December because it's clearly too loud. Can we get that person on the pod? They're much funnier than you. Oh. <laughs> Great. Thanks very much. How many Christmas jumpers do you own, Oscar? I'm going to say it's north of 15. 13. 13. Thanks for asking. 13? Yeah. Fucking Enough for two weeks, almost. Hopefully this year I'll get another one. Yeah, and he wears six of them to bed at the same time. (laughs) Three of them are Chelsea Christmas jumpers. One of them has a big reindeer. He's wearing a Chelsea scarf. One of them is the London skyline with Santa above. And one of them just says Chelsea on it. It's just nice. It's like Christmas. It's it's actually just a jumper. It just says Chelsea. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We like snowflakes and stuff. Um, I got Star Wars ones. I have two Star Wars ones. I have a Harry Potter one. I have one that lights up. It's got like a little battery pack attached to it. So it like, you know. It makes I think you we have saw a seizure that one last year, didn't we? When, last year when we were recording. I yes, think we I did that. wear it while we were recording. Yeah, That's yeah. true. You I did. Yeah. It kept yeah. strobing out the Skype. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ian was having fits on the floor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's when I discovered I had epilepsy. Yes. No idea before that. Um, Sam seems to not be happy about this situation. I mean, I think you've got to get on board, Sam. Just don't worry about it. Yeah, just give in. Yeah, I mean, if someone turned around to me and said, you know, like... Like with you, Ian, if Gina was just like, I would like us to have on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, like matching pyjamas, I'd be like, okay, sure. I'm not wearing them to bed. So Sam also asks, uh, what gifts can absolutely fuck off? Uh, He suggests links, which in um, America is Axe, isn't it? Axe body spray. Well, it's not just America, literally the rest of the world. Oh, is it the rest of the world? We're the only ones who's have links okay oh, see when i read that i was picturing cufflinks i was like i mean not everyone gets cufflinks as like a generic gift but they're not that bad no no they actually mean the big cat um it's very common in england for you to be bought a links um much more loyal than a serval um less likely to rip your face off than a puma so wow okay good it's a nightmare to get in the stocking absolute yeah. nightmare well, they don't like it. They don't care for socks. They're not like us. No, there's been no. some absolute massacres. 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell I've started drinking? Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Uh, uh. Is that where the expression, let the cat out of the bag, comes from? Because Santa's delivering yeah. cats? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Lynx's yep. specifically? Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, once you get above the age of, what, 15? 13. Yeah, okay, good, yeah, that sort of age. That's just... Hor- I mean, I realise it's an easy present to get for people, but... You yeah, should... and it's like five quid. Wait, so is everyone over there just giving each other bottles of Axe body spray? Is that like, like a thing? This, no, it, no, it's, it's like this classic thing of like, if you're a 14-year-old, your auntie who you never see might like get you one of these packs where there'll be a bottle of body spray and like a shower gel or something. Gotcha. It, like okay. Chuck says, it yeah. costs fucking five quid, but it's just, there you go, you stink, use that. So it's like body wash for men. And you're like, oh, yeah. why is soap for men? It's just soap. <laughs> but then it but then it also just becomes a bit of a joke that like it's a bit of a shit gift, but you buy it like knowing yeah. that it's not the best gift and you go, yeah, yeah and you know, it's just a kind oh, of thing. I don't, I don't know that we have that. I mean, everybody gets like their dad a tie for Christmas or for Father's Day. Yeah. People really? just buy them ties all the time. Yeah, that's like a thing over here. Um, ugly ties too, like not even just nice ones. If you're like, if you're like one of those dads with a proper job, then yeah. But yeah. if I was got given a tie, I'd be like, when the fuck am I going to wear that? Yeah, it just feels like being given a burden. It's like <laughs> I've either got something that's going to fill up space or something that I'm going to feel like I have to wear or use. Mm. I I don't know if I've told you before, but I think Finley was about four or five and. I can't remember what we were doing, but I was putting on a suit for some reason. And he came into the bedroom and said, what are you pretending to be? (laughs) I was like, you little shit. A functioning member of society. How about that, you bastard? Get him on the pod. Yeah, he's funnier than you too, apparently. Fucker. Brilliant. But yeah, if you've got a real job, then a tie, I suppose, is fine. Yeah, I get it. I don't know. I think I quite appreciate the Lynx one. (laughs) You know, I'm at that age now where it's just practicality. That's what I want. Stuff that I don't have to then buy myself. Okay, fair enough. I can see the... But not links. I mean, you don't want a smell of fear of girls and wanking, do you? Voodoo. Java. <laughs> well smelt. Well smelt, yeah. <laughs> Awful. Um, what was your links of choice, Chuck, when you were young? Uh, what did we have? Uh, there was a blue one. Atlantis? No, it's not Atlantis. Oh, I, I liked Atlantis. There was Dark Temptation. That was Apollo. like that weird chocolatey one. Apollo. It could have been Apollo. Oh, we had an Apollo also. Yeah, is it actually the same company? It's same company, all with like buzzword names uh, to describe the scents that make no sense. I mean, the classic horrendous one was Africa. Africa. Yeah, uh, we had a we had one called Phoenix that was like the most popular one. Oh yeah, I think we had Phoenix as well. Yeah, yeah. Let me see, the one I the one I currently have is oh Essence. This is live, ladies this and gentlemen. Is live. live Essence Axe Body Spray. All day fresh. Fresh. It's, mm. a, it's a horrendous smell, but some mornings, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, you've got to get something to get the, the hoodie stank off you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you're fucking absorbing your own moisture, when you're marinating in your own juices overnight. <laughs> Horrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. Anyway, Sam also says he uh, is was looking forward to the mop playlist and i mean oscar you curated with us but it was mainly you driving it i got a couple of songs from you guys i was like hey what christmas songs you like okay great didn't go for any of the ones i said that is not true i put that weird one by the darkness and the depressing one by the pogues i mean 
The Pogues, I didn't suggest. The Darkness, yeah. Ian suggested. Yeah, they were both my suggestions. Leona Lewis, I'd never heard that one. I put that in there. But anyway, you, you've done a mop, a very mop Christmas playlist on Spotify. It's getting a lot of love. I've gotten some messages about it. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's actually it's really, really nice. Good. Yeah. Um, that will. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. It's in last week's show notes as well, so mm. you should be able to get that. It's 25 songs. It's decent. And the Patreons got treated to, I think it was a half an hour <laughs> read-through. Like, you text us afterwards going, I just spoke non-stop for half an hour uh, of you going through the whole playlist. And it was really, really enjoyable. <laughs> was it? I was worried that it was just nonsense. No, genuinely, you, you listening to these songs for the first time, like, oh, this is nice. This is, oh, I like what they've done there. <laughs> listening, yeah. To hear someone listen to Elton John step into Christmas for the first time ever is quite something. You were, yeah, going through it. Oh, this is a, this is a nice melody. Yeah. yeah, I spent like a whole day at work not doing work and thinking about the playlist. And like a lot of thought and care went into that playlist. So if you do listen to it, don't shuffle it. Listen to it in order. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. So that level of effort is what if you want to go on to patreon.com slash pod and uh, pledge some monthly money to us. You get that level of effort. I mean, a playlist where someone is listening to... Sorry, a podcast where someone is listening to a Christmas playlist and telling you why it's good. That's that's what you want. Yeah, because that's as niche as you, you want to get, really, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And if you subscribe this week, you'll probably get me screaming for about five minutes straight, leaving the Rise of Skywalker. All reasons to donate. Um, also, while I'm talking about the show notes, actually, I will put the Amazon Prime link in there as well, which if you click on that and get a 30-day Amazon Prime free trial through that link, you can get the uh, Boxing Day fixtures that are going to be on Amazon Prime video. You can get them. Any Christmas presents you've still got left to be delivered can be delivered, and it gives us a little kickback as well. And we've we've nearly got enough to actually cash out the money we've got. So if you could do that, that'd be brilliant. That'd be great. Yeah. Help yeah. us. Yeah. Which will probably just get turned around and spent on the winner of the Chuck. Victor League! League of Predictions! Where people predicted what the league was gonna be, and it's the last part before Christmas. Merry Christmas, motherfuckers. Um, yeah, so <laughs> yep. it is our last pod before Christmas. Twas the pod before Christmas and all through the league. Um, I can't think of another word that rhymes with league. Um, <laughs> it's shaping up very similarly to last week and we will run through it uh, some way. Adam P, you are still bottom, mate. Um Supports Arsenal, bottom of the predictor league. Can't do... Just feel bad for you, mate. Feel bad for you. He was good the one time he filled in for me on the pod, though, I gotta say. To give him a compliment, because he's probably feeling low. And it is Christmas time, and we do love our listeners. He did a fantastic job. If you want to dig out that old episode from at some point last year, he was very good. Yeah, whatever. Shut up, Adam. Who's top? Yeah, I think I was very good, actually. I led the, the discussion quite well. Uh, my interviewing <laughs> technique was on point. Uh, fantastic. Ian was there. Of course he was. Um, <laughs> anyway. You someone to press record, didn't you? So, well, this is it. I remember to press record myself. I still have this thing where every five seconds I check just to make sure I'm still recording. Uh, 
paranoid. Uh, so, 17th place, Johnny Worthington, 84 points. Above that, reigning champion, Johnny O.D.G., still right down there, 82 points. Then we have FBL Nicola, then Momo FBL, Jack Saunders, Pad Full, Dan Parkinson, <gasps> Ian Stimpson. Mid-table, mediocrity. 10th place, mid-table, your expected points. You should have been higher up, but you're should just not doing it. Not doing it. So yeah. help me God if you did the same thing as last year. Didn't didn't do it. Good, good. Uh, right above that, oh, who's this guy? Chuck. Ooh. 74 points. It is very tight between us. Then we have Lynn, then Emily, then Carmen, then fifth place, fourth place, third place. <gasps> All joint top three, Finley Stimson. Dave Matteo, Oscar Puente. Oh, some big names in there. Big names. Big, big names in third place. All people who have been on this podcast, whose voice have been heard. <laughs> in one way or another. <laughs> yes, correct. Second place, uh, Big Van Dam Sam Danby, 66 points. And that all-important Christmas number one. Do, 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 Joe Bloom, 60 points. He is a Liverpool fan as well, so maybe his also his time is now. I mean, he says he's a Liverpool fan. He also said he was a Hull fan until they got relegated, but I don't like to go on about that. I like to wind him up about that all the time. Yeah. So there we go. Joe Bloom doing well. Uh, of course, this is before Palace inevitably destroy Brighton uh, and climb up the league. Ooh. Uh, ooh. <laughs> yeah, baby. Just- uh, genuinely, genuinely the first time we've played them and I've been really legitimately worried and I don't like it. But So that fixture is still to come. But next week, game week 18, which is right before Christmas, uh, is the weekend, the Saturday and the Sunday. A slightly shorter game week, as uh, some of you FPL nerds will know, as it is the first blank game week. Uh, that is for Liverpool and for West Ham. Not that anyone's bothered about West Ham. Um, but Saturday the 21st we have Everton versus Arsenal then Aston Villa, Southampton, Bournemouth Burnley, Brighton, Sheffield United Newcastle, Palace, Norwich, Wolves Man City, Leicester ooh, Liverpool can be done a favour here, one way or another who knows Um, Watford, Man United and then uh, what's this Uh, that's that's not hmm, is this right down, let me just clear that off the screen oh Spurs, Spurs, Chelsea. That's uh, ooh, that's um, that's a good one. That's a spicy one. Ali captain in the pod team when we get him in. Inevitably, Ali triple captain. Maybe who knows? <laughs> <laughs> that score, that match could be up to five goals scored by either team. Any result between five zero win, five zero loss, or five five draw, or zero zero draw, or anything in between is fully. Fully, like, not surprising to me at this point. Do not side with you on that one. We've been the better team consistently, including since Mourinho came in. But we can't finish lately, and Mourinho, wouldn't it be the most fucking Mourinho thing? Right? So, like, who knows? You're losing. Maybe. It's a it's a genuine chance that that'll happen. To lose? Yeah. If we do, Fuck. Fuck. Fifth on Christmas. Then you drop to fifth on Christmas and depression sets in. 
Oh, Mourinho's back, Mourinho's back. <laughs> Chelsea now are shit. Lampard's gonna set the sack because he is fucking shit. Hey, hey. Uh, I run shit with shit, but guys, Man, come on. You're just I'm working really off lucky that we're recording before Brighton inevitably dick palace tomorrow. Yeah, yeah and that's the, the good only thing, reason you can get away with this shit today. Yeah, so. and the good thing is we're not going to be recording for like another two weeks. So by then, it just would have passed. And just oh no, breathe, I'm gonna I'm gonna remember to bring baby. it up. Don't worry. You can bring it up, mate, but I won't care. Because we'll be ahead of Chelsea in the league by then, somehow. Maths. I don't know if that works or not. <laughs> God, imagine that. Imagine if the next time we record, Oscar, because genuinely... Is that mathematically possible? Well, Chelsea is seven points ahead of Palace. So it's not possible. So, well, but after this game week, Chelsea could be four points ahead of Palace. Right. And then there'll be two games played Are before, before we record it. Yeah. And Palace are playing Newcastle and West Ham. Chelsea are playing Spurs and Southampton. You'll probably lose Southampton. So there is a slim... Oh, God, that would just be the most beautiful Christmas miracle ever. That's what I want for Christmas. Someone get me that for Christmas. Your silence speaks volumes, the fact that I've just proved with maths that it is actually possible. You were hoping, oh my God, because two weeks ago he said it was an insurmountable lead for Spurs. Oh, I want it so much. And this is how the hope kills you, ladies and gentlemen. Your your gift to me is that you're getting your hopes up because that inevitably ends with you disappointed in Palace. I hate you so much just for the Pulisic thing. I'm not over (laughs) that. I just want you to know that the fact that you suggested to get him out. I didn't. That's Ian's suggestion. I said to roll the transfer, remember? No, you didn't. No, you didn't. And we'll, we'll, I'll get something out of you. I'll coerce you into doing something. I'll get one of the Patreons to suggest something because you're an absolute cop-out. <laughs> Merry Christmas, listeners. Thank you very much. Go to our Amazon leak. Go to Patreon. Give us some money. Be thankful. Be good to each other. Don't be a c- Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Utah. <laughs> <laughs>